0: Welcome to meet the creators, a podcast dedicated to the art of business and the business of art, meet the creative minds behind marketing campaigns, commercials, business, and art tune in to better understand the value of creative minds in marketing and business. As we build the bridge between business and creative artists. What's up everybody. Welcome to the Meet the Creators podcast. My name is Michael Gada. I am a cinematographer in the Bay Area, part of Flipbird Films. And I am with the artist, Human. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm doing a good, I'm having a good time checking out the studio. There's so much color here and I know that you um, put some pieces up and painted the whole building.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I painted the exterior and interior of Art House in Oakland. And I started in 2017 at the end of 2017 and I think it was in 2019 that I like finally finished it. So it was a big, big project.
0: Nice, nice. And we're here, um, I know you're from the Bay and so am I. We actually know each other for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, how is it um, just making art in Oakland and just being part of the Bay?
1: I mean, I love the Bay, it's where I grew up. Um, I mean, it's home, my family's here, everyone's here. Uh, And the Bay just has such like a great like creative community and with everything going on with like tech has moved in here for the last 15, 10 to 15 years. And I feel like it's almost like a responsibility of mine to keep creativity here. We are losing a lot of creatives to LA and to all sorts of places. And, um, you know, like I, the Bay area has always been such like an amazing place for the art, so I, I really want to keep it here. So um, I'm really happy with the community that I've that I've made and and grown here. Yeah, just gotta keep it in the bay.
0: Keep it in the bay. Thank you, thank you for having us once again. Um, tell me a little bit about um, like the type of art that you do.
1: So the art that I make, uh, it kind of varies. I, I do visual art, but it just. Whatever you can throw visual art on, so murals, um, canvases, I license my artwork for products, so like shoes and like makeup products and shirts and and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, I also work a lot with um, augmented reality. And um, and I also, with my upcoming show, Homebody, I'm also designing entire immersive experiences. so that's something new that, I hopefully get to do more of in the future.
0: There's a lot to impact there. I want to get to homebody, but um, how did you like how did you get started like working and moving into working with brands? How did that work naturally?
1: I want to say I've been doing art full-time for for about 10 years now. Um, so a lot of it was just kind of I lived in LA for 10 years, so a lot of it was just kind of hustling in LA and just doing a lot of self-initiated projects, um, going to like art shows and like being part of the community out there. And um, I do think being in LA played a big part of it just because so many brands are in LA. So like you're bound to meet someone who works with some brand who might end up having an opportunity for you or something. So um, so I was lucky like in that regard, um, but I think it was just, it was especially after I started doing street art that people started to recognize like me and my work. Um, because you know, like when you think about it, street art is like, you've, you're basically, got a, you've basically got a huge billboard advertising like your art, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so my work would become part of people's like everyday landscapes from when they would see my work on their commute to work, or something, or on their way home, they would get familiar with seeing my my art. And so I think because of that, and because of just like being visually like bombarded, I guess you could say, with my art, especially in LA, because I painted so much um, in LA. I think, yeah, that's that's how a lot of people ended up becoming familiar with me, and and so now I just get a lot of messages from brands. Just sometimes I don't know how they find me. They just, I think it also it's, I've been doing it for so long too. It's a lot of it is word of mouth. And um, I like to think I'm a, a good person to work with. People have told me that I'm a pleasure to work with. So I think that also helps when they know someone that also has a project and they're like hit human up. She she was great to work with, you know? Um, being not an asshole goes a long way
0: (laughs) it's true yeah in terms of art and like not being an asshole and reputation it really carries um how important is it to network and like you know have people support you but also support their art and like the journey of the community
1: i hate the word network (laughs) but it it's so important to build a community um And to not do it in like a grimy way, you know, you don't want to go to like networking events and be like, so what do you do? You know, like, why are you here? Uh, Because it's not a transactional thing. Just getting to know people with the same passion and interest in creating is just always good. And just just being genuinely excited for other people and their projects and keeping that energy around you it really goes a long way because even if you meet someone that you know you don't necessarily land on the same type of like work, eventually you're gonna think of them down the line later on when you've got a friend that needs someone who does video or who does like graphics or or whatever. And um, I like being that person for a lot of people. I love connecting people um, because it also just makes your community feel smaller. Um, when you've got like all these people around you that are helping each other. And um, I know we're going to get into Homebody later, but that's a big part of Homebody is that I was connected to one person who connected me to another person and I connected them. And and then it, all of a sudden it felt like this huge Bay Area community just got so much smaller because... Now everyone knew each other and we're all hyped on the same thing because we're building together. And um, I think that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's important, you know, community and supporting each other. And I just admire everyone who's um, dedicated to their craft. I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast, because I just love seeing how people could just work on their craft. But also um, it's hard to just survive off your craft as an artist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to pay the bills. How did you make this sustainable? Was it hard at first or is there any tips or is it just a natural progression?
1: And when you're young, like in your 20s, you've got your health and you've got time on your side. And so you can afford to make more mistakes than someone who's later in life. But you know, I also believe if you are later in life, it's never too late to start pursuing your passion. But I especially feel like if you're young and you have this big idea you better like go for it now just cuz you've got time to like work it out and figure out okay well if this isn't for me I tried it you know and um, and I'm going to move on or you've got the time to like work on it and figure it out
0: no I agree um, I try to tell like all our younger filmmakers like number one you have time and you don't have as many constraints and responsibilities that and take that time just to learn from everyone like mm-hmm. experiment see what you like yeah, do you like painting yeah. do you like drawing just mm-hmm. experiment there's nothing to lose totally. um perfect um yeah let's kind of like talk about um homebody um, mm-hmm. tell me about how this project came into fruition
1: so i've always been big into immersive experiences uh i think the one show that I went to um, was called uh, Ecstasy at MOCA in LA. That was the big one that really like made me decide, damn, I want to get into immersive experiences. Um, And so Ecstasy at the MOCA, they brought together um, a bunch of different artists. Um, I believe James Turrell was one of them Mm -hmm. and uh, Kusama was one of them. And they all created these installations Um, There were different rooms, and the concept was the feeling of being under the influence of drugs. So it was very much about drug culture. Uh, But the feeling I got stepping into a space where the art is surrounding you fully, like, that just, like, blew my mind. And um, I'm not sure what room I was in. It could have been James Turrell, but it was just light. In a room and I remember not being able to see where the room ended or started like I couldn't see any corners or anything so I was just like I'm afraid to keep walking or also I'm gonna like fall off a cliff or like just trip or something run into a wall and that kind of blew my mind and I was like damn I want to do something where I just like take people to a completely different place and so Recently with like social media and Instagram, immersive experiences have become this huge thing. Um, A lot of the times it's for the Instagram photo op, but um, I think people just enjoy experiences, you know, like they want something to do with their friends. But I mean, you see places, I don't want to like name names and start dissing like other experiences and being like, you know, but some of them are dedicated to old dead white guys. Or, um, or are purely just about the Instagram capture, you know? Like, oh, here's a spot that'll make a good picture. And, and it's like, there's so much more that can be done with immersive experiences. Like, a space can tell a story. A space can transport you. And um, so I really wanted to find a way that, um, you know, that we can make something that was more meaningful, but also just, like, really dope. And like fun yeah. to attend, uh, so um, so that's the long story of how I even became interested in doing something like this. So I've it's always been a dream of mine, um, but I never had like the capital to work with or the team, um, or really I don't even think I was there in my in my art career. Like I wasn't ready yet to to put like pull something like that off. Um, but I was recently introduced, well, not recently, a year ago, I was introduced to Cecilia, uh, who is the co-founder and owner of CL Studios in Berkeley. And, uh, once we met, we just like hit it off. We both are Filipino American women from, uh, well, I'm from Fremont and she's from Union City. So I was just like, when I met her, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I feel like I've known you all my life. She created this beautiful, beautiful space in Berkeley where they have um, a lot of like video and photo productions and stuff and event productions. And um, so when we came together, you know, I presented my idea to her, and from there we just went off and and uh, teamed up with Endeavors Oakland. Uh, they do a lot of um, community-based like projects and stuff, and and then we just like kept. Growing from there. The concept of homebody was looking at... I mean, we've all basically become homebodies, right? Um, after the pandemic. I mean, we're still in it. We're two years in now. Um, but we've all had to become homebodies for a good amount of time. And even though we all had different experiences in during the pandemic, um, I feel like there were definite phases that we all went through as a society, and that time was really traumatic for a lot of people. We all, as a society, have this collective trauma that we've dealt with from being in the pandemic for two years, and I think we're so eager to go back to normal, um, and it's not back to normal yet (laughs) with the Omicron surge and everything. Things are not back to normal, but we really, needed to in order for things to to just like, I don't know, it really just threw everything through a loop for most people. We've gone through so much mentally, and I feel like we haven't really had the, the chance or the space to look back and like process what we just went through. Because so many people lost their jobs, lost their businesses, kids lost like normalcy in going to school. Um, I know people that got divorces, that broke up, that, you know, there was a lot going on and I feel like we, homebody is a way to process what we went through and hopefully help us to move on in the right direction. And there's a lot of shit, sorry, can I say that? A lot of shit happening around us, right? Like we got a climate crisis and political unrest and just like a lot of just different stuff with like politics and it was just it was a lot to take in and like process yet most of the time we're still in our homes safe and sound for the most part but now everything that's been happening around us is like changing us from the outside in and I think a lot of this like self reflection and stuff um, really is causing us to change and and causing us to look at ourselves in a new way. Like people created new businesses in the pandemic. People pivoted and they're like, well, I used to do this, now I do this now. Um, We've really had to figure out a way to just make it work, um, change, but also it's changed us mentally. Um, And so I imagined our houses acting as like a chrysalis, like a butterfly. So we're like literally changing on the inside. And hopefully, I mean, this is like the optimistic phase is hopefully we can emerge from this, the pandemic and just everything we've gone through as like better changed people um, because we've taken into account everything we've gone through in the last two years. Um, I know that's like a very optimistic standpoint, but that's, that's just where I hope we can move to as a society. Um, otherwise we have to go through that whole Circular phase again, and it's funny because CL, the, the way the installation is set up is you do walk through a circle. And so it's up to you if you want to keep going in the right direction or if you want to go back into the circle and just keep going through that loop because we don't want to go, keep going through that loop. And as it stands now, that kind of feels like we are. <laughs>
0: I'm glad that you're feeling optimistic or at least building that, and that hope because we do need that. It's so important. I imagine this was therapeutic for you just to work through your art and make yeah. this as well.
1: I mean, it's like an ex- existential crisis because <laughs> I'm just like, damn, like, I don't know, I get really freaked out about the future. You know, I, I'm, I know a lot of us do and at least like working through it with my art at least makes me feel like I'm getting some of it out. And um, it doesn't make me as anxious, but yeah.
0: I was a little lost too. I was like, I guess I'll just walk around by myself and take <laughs> photos of like abandoned walls uh, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had, I had a bunch of like projects cancel and stuff as soon as like lockdown happened. I had a few really big projects lined up. And uh, and when they got all got canceled, I was just like, well, then what, you know, like... I feel weird posting about my art, mm-hmm. and then I feel now I can't even make money doing it. And I mean, luckily, time passed and like the projects came back and stuff. But I realized big time like I need to, I need to pivot in some way because I, I, like, society, my art career can't keep functioning in the way that it used to for me, and then also for being a mom, mm-hmm. like I already had to pivot, because. Before I had my daughter, I was, I was traveling like two times a month. Like I was gone like a lot. And now I have to stay home. I've, I've literally been a homebody. Mm-hmm. So it's figuring out, well, how am I gonna make this work with a daughter at home who like needs her mom, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of like pivoting I've had to do career-wise and stuff.
0: Well, how does that work anyways? How do you balance like being a mother and being there for your child and also like, you know, feeding your career So let it go where it goes?
1: It's a it's an art.
0: <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, it's an art in itself. Like it's I mean, it's hard. Uh, sometimes I take her to the studio with me, but that becomes impossible because she's a toddler now. So I don't know. And then with like COVID, her daycare keeps getting shut down and it's it's a balancing act, and you know I don't I don't have it down. But um, I mean, daycare helps. Daycare, like knowing that she can go to school um, during the day while I work is a big help. My parents come and watch her every so often, and and then I just do a lot of stuff at night. <laughs> I just I try I just try to figure it out. When she was a baby, like I. I Gladly, I was able to get her on a sleep schedule by month five, so she was, like, down by 7 p.m. And then I would just come straight to the studio and just, like, work until 1 a.m. sometimes. It was crazy. It's still crazy. I don't even... I'm definitely going to take a break after home by <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's just a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. Wow. And, <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, luckily, now I have a team of between, like, four to five people at one point. Um, and... They help out a lot. Um, they definitely like take off the load of a lot of the stuff I do. Um, because my artwork is so many like different parts, it's not just painting, it's also prepping the canvases and and photographing everything and um, you know just stuff like that. So now I've got like the manpower to help me with that. And I wouldn't have even put together a team if it weren't for Homebody. Um, it became like a need that happened later in the year. And I was like, damn, I need some extra hands. And now they're like on. <laughs> they're, they're just like on with me for for a while, I hope. So, um, so that helps a lot too. So I've got, I feel like I've got like a good just network community around me to, to help make that balance. But it's still hard. I'm not gonna lie, it's hard. <laughs> and I, I look at other people I'm like, how are you doing it? Cause this is hard. <laughs>
0: That's why I was, like, I was like, I want to catch up with you and ask yeah, yeah, you, because it's yeah. like, I think it's important. I learned also through the pandemic, like just to learn how to ask for help. Like, mm-hmm. don't just like leave yourself on it in a box. Yeah. Like you got to ask for help from your parents. or like, hey, I need this and that.
1: It's always been hard for me to ask for help, um, at least when I was younger. In the last couple of years, um, I've definitely opened myself up to it. And the more I opened myself up to it, the more I realized so many people are willing to step in and help and want to help. I don't mean just with like my daughter, but just in general and in the art world and and everything. Just asking for help is a lot of times the first step, you know,
0: absolutely. I mean, it's a revolving door. I mean, I I know you're helping others, too. So Mm -hmm. thank you for just keeping Mm -hmm. open with the community. I wanted to backtrack just a little bit and ask you like a little bit of how, like, how does the augmented reality work? Are you using your phone?
1: Yeah. So um, a few of the paintings in the exhibit are going to be activated with augmented reality. So I've used a bunch of different programs um, and AR was like, I actually, my journey with AR actually started in 2013 or 2012. Um, I made an app back in 2013 as a way, and it was called Hue View. And the plan was that people can use it to view my murals and it would bring my murals to life. The technology wasn't really where I wanted it to be. So I kind of put like the AR stuff on hold, like for a few years. In 2019, um, Adobe came out with Adobe Arrow, which um, made AR so easy. So, um, so I, filmed a campaign with them to like launch Adobe Arrow and that kind of like threw me back into the whole like augmented reality thing. So for this show in particular, um, I designed the AR experiences in Spark AR. That's the program that people use to create Instagram face filters. So all of these AR lenses will live on my Instagram profile so that when people arrive to Homebody, they don't need to Because most people have Instagram, so really they would just need to put the right filter over like a painting, and like something would pop out at you. There'd be a message, and and you'd be able to like look at different layers in some of the paintings. And it's just like a new way of like looking at and experiencing art in a three D space.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to going to the show. I'll be there opening day, and I'll have my phone to check out all the secret messages and everything um talk about um i mean i think everybody's been doing this or interested nfts how are you um how would you explain in your own words what nfts are if we can and then like how are you incorporating that into your own art and business
1: so nfts non-fungible tokens i i like to explain it to people as so people like to buy prints of my artwork and um you could just print one of my pieces on your own printer uh, but that wouldn't be authenticated by me because it didn't come from my studio it wasn't signed by me or it doesn't come with a certificate of authenticity but nfts sort of act as this certificate of uh, authenticity um, because you can see ownership of whoever like created the work and who owned it previously and there's like a ledger of how many times it's like switched hands and stuff so um in a big way that like does a lot for artists and, um, and it helps to prove like ownership of work. Um, I've seen, I think I've seen Gary Vee describe it as you've got a blue check, right? The blue check is just a blue check. It's, it lives digitally, it's like a few pixels big, but that means so much for a lot of people. It means credibility, it means popularity, and so some people really want that blue check, but you don't have it physically. You don't own a physical blue check, but that's kind of like how NFTs work, right? It's kind of, it's like, uh, it's like a flex for people like, oh, I own this CryptoPunk. I own this Bored Ape. and And then you show people your wallet and you're like, damn, you got one of those. I got this one, you know, and it's just. With the way thing, the world is moving, um, so much of like so much of what we experience is through our phones, and we're already flexing on Instagram, right? We're like showing people pictures of like the things we own or the things we do. So the NFTs kind of capitalize on that um, because you can't. If you're an art collector, you only have so much space in your house, right? But if you've got a wallet full of NFTs that's kind of like, well, I've got this collection here and I, you know how I own it. We can check, you know, the, the code and see like, this is, you know, I'm the true owner of this or that. And so, um, so that's how it brings value for a lot of people. Um, but also something that amazing that it's done for artists is that you can set royalties on an NFT. Um, that doesn't happen if one of these paintings gets sold. So as an artist, if I make and sell an NFT, I can set it up so that I make 10% royalties. So if an NFT that I sell, then sells to someone else, I still get a part of that. And if they keep selling to, uh, if it keeps changing hands, I still make money off of all of those transactions, which is huge for artists because, you know, once, a piece leaves our studio like sometimes it's just gone forever we don't see you know like any of the transactions like after that so that's why it's it's big for a lot of artists and it's created a lot of opportunity for a lot of artists and um so i'm actually creating an nft collection that goes along with homebody um, and something cool that nfts do is that it can create utility so for example, if you own a Bored Ape, have you heard of Bored Apes? Yeah. If you own a Bored Ape, if you're a holder, you can go to their parties, their yacht parties. Their, you can buy merch exclusive to Bored Ape. And like, I kind of see it as like the next like Supreme. Like it's very much, it gives me very much Supreme and sneakerhead, hype beast vibes. So like people want to be part of that exclusive community especially now because like, I think they're like upwards of like $500,000 now for like one boarding. I don't, that last time I checked, some of them sell for like millions or whatever. Um, But yeah, so people want the utility of, I want access to parties, I want access to merch, I want access to this or that. But also what NFTs can do is they can they can provide access in other ways so for my nft collection if you're an owner of an nft you automatically have access to like a vip event like whether it's homebody or something else you know so or like um, nft holders from homebody will be able to get an exclusive print stuff like that um so i'm going to release that pretty soon and um yeah, and it's it's another way that I'm just trying to fund the show, because Homebody is largely self-funded. It's it's costing a lot of money, and um, you know we've kind of like we've kind of tried to keep it very much community-based by not accepting like big corporate sponsorships, because once it becomes a corporate-sponsored thing, then it becomes an advertisement for them and less like integrity for the show. So um, NFTs, I feel like are a way that a community can support a project. Like regular people can buy an NFT and and directly help fund the show. Um, And we're using that money to like pay our vendors and like just all the costs that we've incurred from putting this together.
0: Also, I didn't think about how cool that is. I mean, it's great. Like you make a piece and... You sell it for x amount of dollars and then oh cool i heard that it sold for 100 times more right that's great but you don't get any of that
1: exactly because some like when it resells like usually it's a lot higher you know like especially as your brand grows and you know more people like say i end up coming out with like a big project that ends up bringing my value up so now now like my NFTs become more valuable. And now someone else is willing to pay X amount to someone to own that NFT of mine. But then it's like, you know, if it's a regular painting, you don't get to see any of that. So,
0: Well, wow. Thank you so much for breaking down the NFTs because I really did not fully understand it. I think that's enough for this one. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. Uh, Thank you for letting us uh, come into your studio. Everybody check out Homebody. It's going to be up here from when?
1: January 28th is when it opens, and it runs until February 20th. So only three weeks. So make sure to check it out if you're in the Bay.
0: Check it out, and um, check out Human's Work, too. You'll see it around, and um, all right, we're out. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the Creators. I hope you found value in today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and please share with a friend.